as Jesus walked about the towns of Galilee and preached the good news. Crowds gathered around him. Huge crowds thronged him. But the day came when he began to teach more clearly than ever before what it meant to be a disciple. And he shared the cost of that and the central heart of it, which was to be attached to him as Lord. And when he said that, many in the crowds began to slip away. In fact, most of the crowd began to slip away. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, you don't want to leave too, do you? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. We just got through singing about God's holiness. And it's God's holiness that reminds us he is good, he is pure, he is beautiful, he is glorious. It's God's holiness that draws us to him, and yet it's also God's holiness that makes us afraid of him, that keeps us back from him. And it's not hard to understand why God is holy and we are not. In the days of Jesus, there were many people who avoided the synagogue and avoided the temple courts. In fact, they avoided the towns entirely. They were excluded by intent. They were excluded by law. They were people with leprosy. They were understood to be unclean. They were regarded as the living dead. They weren't able to come near anyone lest they touch them and contaminate them with their own uncleanness. So they lived apart. They lived alone. Whenever they saw someone walking nearby, they were supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that the passerby might avoid them and not contract their uncleanness. And so they lived excluded. They lived unwanted. They were as I say, unclean, and everyone understood that meant not holy and not able to approach God or be part of God's people. I've known people like that. I've known a lot of people like that. For every person who thinks they're a good person and they don't need God, there have to be 20 that in their heart of hearts think the opposite, that they're among the unfaithful. They're the unclean. And a holy God would have nothing to do with them. In fact, I've known people like that who exclude themselves from services like this because they think, who am I? Who am I to even show up in church? And so Jesus was walking through a town and a man who was not supposed to be there suddenly showed up. It was a man with leprosy. He knew what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to stay out of the town. He was supposed to warn people that he was near. He was unclean. And no doubt, he had lived that way for years. The Bible says that he was covered with leprosy. So he had lived that way 
for years. And you can imagine what that did to his soul, this sense of separation, of uncleanness, of unworthiness. God is distant. Other people want nothing to do with me. But the desperation in his soul overcame that sense of exclusion and overcame the laws that applied. And he rushed up to Jesus and fell on his face before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Make me clean. He's seeking the Lord's healing. But what he really wants is to be clean, to be restored to the community, to God. Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, I will be clean. Now, don't miss that he reached out and he touched him. He touched him. No one else would do that because you touch someone with leprosy and you contract the uncleanness. So here is the Holy One of God, holy and separate from all that is unclean and unworthy. And instead of staying separate, he reaches out and touches him because the Holy One of God is not contaminated by uncleanness. He eradicates it. The man's uncleanness did not come upon Jesus, but the power of life filled the man, and he was healed in that moment. Now, we're not told how he reacted to this, but I think I know. I think I know. When I pastored in Baton Rouge, there was a small town not far outside Baton Rouge called Carville, Louisiana. For many years, there was a community there a community of people suffering from Hansen's disease, that is leprosy. They lived in that community for years. There was a clinic there to care for them and their needs. A doctor had visited our church who was working at Carville, and he invited me to go out and and just tour the facility, which I did. And I got to meet many of the patients, and I got to see where they lived, and I got to see the clinic and the doctor's office where this physician treated his patients. And I think it was there that I first learned about Dr. Paul Brand. Dr. Brand was an innovator in the care for Hansen's disease. And for a time, he was the director of the facility there at Carville, Louisiana. He was also a Christian who used his gifts to heal and his words to heal as well. One day in India, Paul Brand was speaking with a sufferer, a man with leprosy, and he reached out and laid his hand on his shoulder and started describing to him, in summary, what his treatment was going to involve. The man bowed his head, and not a sound escaped his mouth, but his body began to tremble and then shake as he sobbed silently before Dr. Brand. We thought, what did I do wrong? What did I say? And he he asked the translator, "What, what did I say? The translator asked the man. The man said, you didn't do anything wrong. But before you came, 
No one had touched me for many, many years. Jesus reached out and he touched this man. He healed his body and surely healed his soul. The Holy One didn't remain separate, but touched him. So the evangelist John, in his gospel, doesn't tell us the story of the Lord's birth, but he does talk about the Lord's birth. He says that the Son of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, he tabernacled among us. As God was with Israel as they traveled through the wilderness in the tabernacle, so God visited humanity in the tabernacle of Christ's flesh. There he was. And John says, we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory, his glorious holiness. And he says, this glorious one was full of grace and truth. That's what Christmas is about. The Holy One coming in flesh, God dwelling among us, not remaining separate, but calling all the unfaithful to come, to come. Don't be afraid. Don't think you're excluded, says Christ. You can come. And he touches us and heals us. The songs we've sung this morning are full of joy, and they should be full of joy. Christ has been born. The Savior has come. You you may have mixed feelings because you believe it in a way, and yet you also think about your own unworthiness, your own uncleanness. Come to Christ. Let him touch you. Let him touch you. He doesn't hold you off. He invites you to come, and he will heal. I want you to pray with me. Everyone can pray. Everyone can ask God's gracious hand to rest on them. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can come to him now. You're not too unclean. Come, all you unfaithful. Come one and all to receive mercy. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are awed, overawed, that you have sent your Son as Savior. And we pray, Lord, that you would save us, heal us, make us clean, Lord. Take away our sin and give us new life. And for those who are reaching out to you now, to find a Savior. May they find you, Lord. May you fill them with your Holy Spirit. And may your light drive out the darkness. May your life drive out the death. May your touch bring healing. We thank you for it now. And trusting your grace, we say amen.